Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are places in the Holy Scriptures that are cold and dark and wet. And so also we know that there are places in reality, in creation itself, that are likewise cold and dark and wet. And the same is true within ourselves. Out of the depths I cry to you. That word depth in Hebrew and in the Hebrew scriptures almost always meaning the depths of the seas. So far down that it is cold and dark and wet. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Mercy from all the way down in the depths. One can here in America walk around with a smile on his or her face. When asked how everything is, say, just fine, thank you. And yet deep in the depths of the heart, one is swallowed up in the depths of the seas. The cry goes up for mercy, even though there is no possible way, no physical way for anyone, anything to hear me all the way down here. I know, O oh Lord, that you can, that you will. The cry goes up for divine mercy. What if there were no mercy? What would it mean for that prophet of the Old Testament we know of as Jonah? God said, go to Nineveh, and he directly disobeyed orders, went down to the nearest port and headed in the opposite direction. A storm arose, and he knew they would not escape. Cast me over, he said to the men, for I have sinned. Over the ship's side they cast him, and down Jonah goes to the very depths. He describes going down to where there was no light nor hope, to the very base of the mountains under the sea, with the weeds there wrapping around him, wrapping around his face, so that he could not even free himself. No hope. And if God did not have mercy, there in those depths he would remain. What if God had no mercy when Israel, newly released from slavery and bondage in Egypt, found themselves pressed up against the Red Sea with nothing but water and abyss before them and nothing but vengeful swords and slavery behind them. Their only options, to go back captive and die a slave's death, or be slain there, their blood mingled with this water, or go swimming and die a certain death being, drown a death being drowned in the depths of the sea. 
What if God had no mercy? And the great flood with which he washed this world did not spare Noah and seven others, but washed them away as well, combining their bodies with the countless corpses of man and animal that tainted those floodwaters as the heavens opened their wrathful gates. What if there was no mercy and the whole of creation that we ourselves have plunged into sin and chaos and death returned to that original cosmic state, the great deeps, and nothing else, no order, but only what the Hebrew describes as tohu wa bohu, formlessness, void. And is that not indeed, in a sense, what we are experiencing these very days? A world plunged into a flood of lies, chaos, of darkness and evil, waves tossing to and fro, tossing one country into war against another country. And in our lives, all the panic and anxiety of drowning, all the powerlessness of being tossed to and fro from this wave and another, the depression, the crushing weight of the sea as it swallows it, us up and lifts its weight against us. Again, we can walk through this world with a smile on our face. How are you doing? Just fine, thank you. And our hearts can be in the very depths of the sea. O oh Lord, have mercy. The psalmist continues, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. How does forgiveness bring fear? Well, all of those fearful depths the wind, the waves, the currents, the cold, the dark, all of those powers against which we ourselves are powerless, he takes and bends, not for our destruction, but for our salvation. Though we who have sinned against him drown in those waters just as Jonah did, what does our Lord do but use those very waters to kill us and give us new life again? He sends a mighty ichthus, fish, with the name of Jesus, Jesus, who swallows us up and keeps us safe throughout the storm until he spits us out safe and sound on the dry shores of the new heavens and the new earth. What is this fearful power of God's forgiveness? 
where he takes the very seas that would have drowned horse and man to their entirety in the Red Sea and uses them instead to drown only hard-hearted Pharaoh and his host, permitting his people, Israel, to walk safely on dry ground, thus saving them through these very waters that brought Pharaoh death. And these same waters he bends to our salvation, drowning in those waters not the Pharaoh of Egypt, but the Pharaoh of hell, setting us free from the bondage of sin and death, and leading us forth from the baptismal font into the promised land. So great is this fearful forgiveness of His, that He takes those floodwaters that once destroyed the earth, saving only Noah and seven others, and He bends them to save us as well, Just as those waters buoyed up Noah and seven others in the ark, so the waters of holy baptism buoy you up in the holy ark of the Christian church, keeping you safe and sound until the day of God's judgment and wrath has passed and you come into a world cleansed and made new. Imagine the power the fear of a God who forgives sins and bends all the depths of this world, all the chaotic powers of darkness that swirl the currents, toss the skyscraper-sized waves, strike fear and panic in the hearts of all, make the world a wreckage. And he bends all of these things and works them for the good of those who love him. These terrible forces are all bent by God who forgives you, and thus they are bent by God to save you. From out of the depths, O Lord, we cry to thee, have mercy. And what powerful, fearful, mercy he has. The psalmist shifts from the image of the depths of the sea and their darkness once one gets far enough down to the darkness of the night. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning more than watchmen for the morning. A pitch black, seemingly endless night. One might even say a dark night of the soul. There is no other hope but to wait, to watch, to set our hearts and minds on the word of the Lord and know that he is trustworthy and true. And just as he saves us from the depths He will save us from the darkness as well. O Israel, the psalmist says, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, 
and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. That word redeem is a technical word in the Old Testament. It has to do with buying something back. One example from the law, if your donkey had a son and you wanted to keep that donkey's son, you would have to redeem it. You would have to buy it back by putting to death a lamb. If you didn't want to do that, you would have to break the newborn donkey's neck. So to redeem something is to buy it back with the death of another. God will redeem Israel, his people, you, out of all his iniquities. And how? One will be put to death that you might live. One like Jonah will come and be plunged into the depths of the sea. He will be swallowed up by the great beast of the sea, and there he will remain for three days until rising again. One will come, and he will be plunged into the darkness, a unnatural darkness and supernatural darkness, the darkness that covered the cross from noon to three. And into the darkness he will be plunged. Into the depths and into the darkness he will go for one reason and one reason only. To redeem us. To save us. The light of the world plunges himself into darkness. The life of the world plunges himself into death. Let us tremble at the fearful love and mercy of our God who has saved us, who is saving us, who will save us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit,